Hey, how you doing? Today on the podcast, how to avoid settling in my interview with Mike Sirock Chiracco. He's the co-founder of the tech platform Blueprinted, and his podcast is What Are You Made Of? He's also the author of Rocket Fuel. Ready? Let's go. You know how you sometimes feel stuck? Like you're drifting through life, going through the motions? Then you're in the right place. Find your purpose. Live your passion. Let's go. Remember the last time you painted a room? You went to the store, picked out a color, they put a few drops of it into the base paint, and then they put the can in that shaker machine. They shook the heck out of it until the color drops were whipped up into a frenzy. And it created the exact color you wanted. Kind of cool, isn't it? But what's really funny is when you got the paint can back to the house and you opened it up, you stirred it again before you started painting, didn't you? Why? Well, because the paint had started to settle. Yeah, even in that very short trip back from the store, it began to settle and lose its consistent color. And then months later, when you needed to touch up a spot on the wall, what did you do with the original paint can? Before you opened it, you shook it like crazy again. Why? Well, yeah, the paint had settled. This time, hard. It needed to be shaken, stirred, whipped, all to get it back to its full color and vibrancy. And you know, when you think about it, we're all paint cans. Greg, I'm not a paint can. You know, it's, it's metaphorical. Work with me. No matter how energized we were when we began our purpose or our project or our marriage or parenthood or life or whatever, we start to settle. We all start to settle. So the question is, how much settling are you doing right now? Sometimes people will actually tell you to settle. And I don't know about you, but every time someone told me to settle down, it was because I was having more fun than they were. People will tell you to settle down because you're making it so that they wonder what's wrong with their life or they think you're achieving too much. They might not even know this consciously, but subconsciously, if you're doing well and they're not, why not? If you're having fun and they're not, why not? If you seem excited about life and they're not, then there's something wrong with them. Don't let someone tell you to settle down. So let's shake things up. No settling for you. What can you do today? to shake and stir yourself into the vibrant, colorful, enthusiastic person you are when you are at your best. Or, of course, you could just settle. But remember this. Settling for a life of mediocrity leads to a slow, painful death. One day at a time of dying. Dying dreams. Dying enthusiasm. Dying interest. Dying curiosity. Dying spontaneity. Dying Dying, dying, until one day you get to the point and you wonder, have I ever lived? Gee, Greg, that's really uplifting. Thank you. No, it's not uplifting at all. It's really not. And that's the point. We talked about it last week. It's time to get busy living or get busy dying. So here are some action steps to help you stop settling, shake things up, and get busy living. Step one. Take a look at your current goals for every part of your life. And if you don't have any, it's time to create them today. You can check out Season 2, Episode 34 of the podcast, How to Get Where You Want to Go in Record Time, and it will help you with this. Step 2. If you need to, update those goals for what you are truly passionate about because that's when you're going to get the juice out of life. Step 3. 
Create action plans that support those goals and make sure your actions include things you enjoy doing so you can find some joy and happiness now and in the future as you're achieving your goals. I talk about this all the time, man. It's about the process. If it's just the destination goal and not a process goal, in other words, you're not going to enjoy anything until you finally achieve it. You're setting yourself up for failure. The joy should be in the process. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal or ideal. So if you want to run a marathon and you hate everything about running, probably not the one for you. But if you want to run a marathon and you're enjoying getting better at running and being able to run longer and being able to have better lung capacity and starting to feel good because your muscles are growing, that is joy in the process. And then step four, start taking consistent daily action today. Let's go. If this resonates with you, I want you to have a free gift for me. It's my ebook, Five Steps to Finding Your Passion and Purpose. Get it at my website, gregorybnap.com. The information's in the show notes. We've got Mike Searock, and he's the co-founder of the tech platform Blueprinted. His podcast is called What Are You Made Of? And he's the best-selling author of Rocket Fuel, Convert Setbacks and Become Unstoppable. Mike Searock, what's happening? What's up, Greg? How you doing, man? Doing great. Appreciate the time today. Tell me what you believe. I believe that we're all unstoppable to live in the life of our dreams. And, you know, my mission is to make people aware of that and, and help them lean into that and accomplish that. I love that. That's awesome. Well, tell me the story of how you got to that. How did you find out that this is what you were created to do? I think the biggest uh, wake up call for me was when I had businesses that were successful and or friendships that I was in and I was identifying as that business owner, that business leader, that, that, that person in that relationship, right? And I was tying my identity to what I was doing or my vehicle versus actually who I was. And who I was, was the person that I came into this world as prior to all these layers being placed upon me and all these inhibitions being programmed into me. And I forgot who I was to an extent and started identifying and latching on to my vehicles. And what I mean by vehicles is like what you do, what, what, what's taking you where you're going. And, uh, you know, when I woke up to this, I was after 40 years old, it's almost embarrassing that I think a lot of people go through this at that age. But when I started to peel back the layers, getting rid of the inhibitions and all the, uh, I call them layers, the, the, the encasement that I was in, uh, I found out who I was. And that was uh, in doing that, found, found out what my mission, my values were, and really got clear on my vision. And that's, that's what took me there. Yeah, I think that's a big thing, especially in our Western culture, that you are what you do is what a lot of people think. And when you lose that thing you do, maybe you get fired, maybe you got downsized, or you just get tired of being that person. You're like, well, then who am I? And that can really throw you into a crisis of identity. And so when you went through that, like you said, in your 40s, how did you figure that out? How did you separate? Hey, I am not what I do. I am Mike Searock and here are my values and here's what I stand for and here's what I believe in. What kind of process did you go through to do that? Well, it took, oh, you know, hitting problems, you know, businesses failing, relationships having problems. It took a lot of that for me to 
you know, want to learn this stuff first. You know, knowledge is precedes these these events uh, where you change uh, who you know change who you are, but change your focus. You know, I, I was uh, very successful in business, created eight figure business, and was coming home not fulfilled. And I was in the mortgage real estate space for 17 years and I was, you know, making millions of dollars and not I'd come home and, and I was confused, Greg. I was, I was like, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. Everything I thought I needed to do is get to a point where I was making the money that I could have the life I wanted, but yet I was unfulfilled. And I was confused of why I was unfulfilled because I thought I had everything I wanted. And so that money thing, okay, which we all are going after, everybody's going after money to some extent. Uh, it can be a trap. And I, and that was a trap for me. And once I realized it was a trap for me, I started thinking to myself, okay, I'm 40. I don't know how old I was, I guess at the time, early forties. And I said, you know what? I got to figure this out. I got to plan an exit strategy. And I know that there's money to be made out there doing what I love. And I, I'm, I'm too, too uh, naive to think that there's, you know, a cap on what I can do. So I decided to get known Back in 2019, I decided and committed to get known on a global scale. And if there's aliens, I'll get known by the aliens. I don't know if there is. I just remember seeing at that time on the news, UFOs were being talked about. And I said, I just don't want to have any cap, no limits on what I'm trying to go after. Because I don't know what we're capable of, Greg. I really don't know the potential that we have. You know, And, and I don't want to put a limit on it. I don't want to be the one to do that. So I just opened up. And when I started to do that and ask that question, Okay, if I'm going to do this, how am I going to do this? Um, the how started to show up. Yeah, I like that a lot. The whole idea of you have to get to a point in your life where you're asking those questions that you asked is why am I not feeling like I thought I would feel when I'm achieving what I set out to achieve? There's something else going on here that I've got to figure out if I really do want to get to that level of joy and, and, and happiness and contentment and ambition and everything that I want. How do I do that? I, I had a friend say to me, I don't know what's worse. Having a goal for what you want and never getting to it or having that goal for what you want and actually achieving it and realizing that's it. And I think the worst thing is never reaching it because if you get it and you go, that's it then you can really start doing the work to get to what you really want. And then your life can change and you can get to what you're doing right now, Mike, where you're like, Hey, this, this, I can, I can, I can make a lot of money. There's a million ways to make money. I'm going to start making money in a way that fulfills me too. And that's a whole never another level of living. But if you never get to that point where you realize it's, it's not what everybody tells you it is, then you can't move on to that next level. You know? So what you just said, so I understand you said it's worse to uh, set a goal out there and never get to it versus set it and say, oh, this is it. Is that what you said? Yeah, because if you never get to it, you never realize that that goal is not what's going to fulfill you anyway. Yeah. You keep thinking it's out there and you keep yeah. pushing for it and keep pushing for it. And you may end up dead still pushing for it. And you never got that. You never figured that out that, oh, man, uh, that's that's not what it is. That's not the driver I should be I should be chasing. Yeah, no, I see. Here's the thing for me. I realize the things that I want and to sit out there, it's not that that I want. It's the feeling that I'm going to think I'm going to get when I get it. Right. Does that makes sense. Yeah. So for me, I wake up in the morning and, and go to bed at night feeling like I'm going to feel when I 
get that thing. Ah, that's interesting. I like so that. I take on I take on the state of being prior to achieving it. And that way I'm already there. So then what I can do is then pull it into my life anyway. It'll come anyway because I'm already there. I already have the feeling of it. That's what I want. I don't really want the object. I don't really want the the car, just the car, how it's it's how the car makes you feel or how you think the car is going to make you feel, right? And that thought of whatever that is, that's what you're searching for. It's not really the car and the car really won't get you that. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's something that's right in, in here and you just decide to feel that way. It's that simple. And then life becomes a lot easier and more fun now versus waiting for it to happen later. That's great. And I see it maybe slightly differently. I think we get to the same point. There's two things on that to me. Um, There's a guy that wrote this book, Beyond Willpower, and I can't remember the name of it, uh, the author now, but he's saying very similar to what you're saying that what is it you really want? And people will give all these things, right? And and as you keep going down beneath what they say they really want, what they really want is a feeling. And that feeling is usually something like um, peace, joy, safety, security. It depends on who you are. What that thing really is, uh, like you said, you don't want a billion pieces of paper with green pieces of paper that are dollars. You don't want that. You want what that billion dollars will give you. And then you really want the feelings that come with those things you think that billion dollars is going to get you, right? It's all about that, that feeling, that state of being that we want. If this resonates with you, I want you to have a free gift from me. It's my ebook, Five Steps to Finding Your Passion and Purpose. Get it at my website gregorybnap.com the information's in the show notes and so if you can do what you're saying that you you're able to embody that right now without reaching that goal that's awesome the way i do it is i focus on the process um early nightingale said the success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal or ideal so if i have my worthy goal or ideal like my purpose, which which I believe is to help other people find why they're here and start going towards it. If I'm if I'm taking steps every day to do that, then while I'm doing that, I'm a success and I'm enjoying it. I get joy out of doing what we're doing right now. I get joy out of writing books about it. I get joy out of going and speaking at places. I get joy out of just meeting with people and talking to them about, hey man, I know you're not super happy right now. What is it, what's going on in your life? And what do you feel like you were put on this planet to do? And And having that conversation with them, because I'm in the process of doing the thing that I know is going to keep me moving towards what I believe is my worthy goal and ideal. So I can enjoy it way before I become as successful as I plan to be one day at it. And one of the things that, uh, one of what you talk, you mentioned one thing that I really like, if you think about what uh, Earl Nightingale is talking about is basically getting better or moving towards a goal each day. Just getting better, like having something that contrasts the day before. You know, one thing, Greg, for me is I, like I'm a big guy on causing and creating my future and helping others cause and create their own futures. But in doing that, I'm always assessing. I'm always trying to figure out how did I do compared to yesterday? Did I hit my goals? Did I go towards my goals? Did I go towards the life I want? Is everything in alignment? My behavior is in alignment with the way I want to live my life and the image that I have of myself. And, you know, I think just day by day, you know, like we don't know when the, the, the bell's going to toll, right? So day by day, 
you get through another day and then you go to bed thankful for that day and everything that you accomplished and you're satisfied the way you lived your life that day. And you wake up the next morning and you say, thank you. The first thing I open my eyes every day, I say, thank you. Thank you for another opportunity to make a difference and impact this world. And you just do that one day at a time. And every day you try to outdo yourself from the day before, man, that's a hell of a life. That's great. And I love that. That's what you're comparing yourself to because unfortunately well, especially with social media now, we, we're comparing ourselves with everybody. Well, we're comparing our real life with their highlight reel. But we're comparing instead of, like you said, Mike, we should be comparing ourselves to ourselves yesterday. And as long as we're better than ourselves yesterday, we're winning. The rest of it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I got this shirt on. It says that one. It's our, our company. It's a brand I created. And that one uh, brand can go in a lot of different industries, but it's really all centered around being that one, not, not the best, but that one best you. Like everything that you have been given, your mental, your abilities, skills, knowledge, talents, whatever, taking it to as far as you can take that thing. I always say this, I want to see how far I can take this thing. And I'm talking about what I've been given, right? And this brand, that one is all about that. It's not about the comparison. I find myself at times comparing myself. You know, I, I go on social media for marketing. Okay. I, I do a lot of DMS and I connect with people through DMS and network and, and what have you. And when I'm on there though, I see what other people are doing. I check out other things and I think it's important to do that to see what else is out there. Right. And get ideas and inspiration, but I, it, it creeps into me too. We're all human. It creeps into me sometimes too, the comparison thing, like, damn, right now I'm in Maryland. It's a little colder and I see some people around palm trees. Damn. I want to be around palm trees. You know, or I want to be around like good looking people and I'm, and I'm, you know, uh, in, in, a, in, in a, no, I'm not going to say, <laughs> I went to a Baltimore Ravens game the other day, a tailgate, and, and I just couldn't believe how bad <laughs> people were. I mean, no, listen, I love Maryland. I love Baltimore. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm an Eagles fan, but, but like, literally I just couldn't believe it. So sometimes I'm thinking to myself, like, why am I living in a place where people don't take care of themselves? And I, and I know that might be judgmental, but I care about people. You cannot be healthy. I'm going off a tangent here. But anyway, the comparison thing goes both ways is my point. I can look at people that are living better off or I think they're in a better place, but I can also look at people and compare myself to others that aren't taking care of themselves and be like, oh, I'm good. At least I'm better than what they're doing right now. And then that settles you down and gets closer to them versus the other way. So that's why I brought that up. Might not have been the best example, but I, I mean, it's, I couldn't believe it, Greg. I really couldn't believe like what I was seeing. And I'm not, again, not judging people, just overall society, how bad people are taking care of themselves. Yeah. Well, what you're hitting on, I totally agree, is that that's why comparison is so bad, is that it's a no win. You're either looking up at people saying, you know, man, I'm not measuring up, or you're looking down and getting judgmental. It's really hard to not do those things. Like you said, we're human. It all comes in upon us. And that's why it's so much better to to really just compare ourselves to ourselves and not get caught up in that game. But man, is it hard to not get caught up in that game? Hey, let me ask you about your podcast a little bit because your podcast is what are you made of? And so, Hey, maybe it's the first time you get to answer that on the podcast. What are you made of? Yeah. So I started this show to share the ingredients that go into success for my guests when they come on Uh, the show. It's all about, you know, sharing all the things that went into getting people where they were, because I think most of the time when people look at successful people, they, they, they had these preconceived notions that it was easy. Everything came easy to those, those people. It was handed to them. They're lucky. They didn't have sleepless nights. Mm. 
They didn't, you know, go through stressful times where they lost a lot of weight because they didn't feel like eating. They didn't have relationship problems. They didn't have money problems and all these misconceptions. I want to expose that so the people, when they go through that, they understand the journey to success better and that they're not alone when they go through discomfort, uh, challenging times or what have you. So as far as what I'm made of, you know, I, I wrote a book called Rocket Fuel and it's all about turning setbacks into rocket fuel. Everything that comes your way that you normally think would slow you down or stop you, you store it in your fuel tank instead of your trunk because most people store it in their trunk and it weighs them down and slows them down. You store it in your fuel tank instead and you convert it into rocket fuel to become unstoppable. So what I'm made of is I'm made up of an unstoppable, very, very large being. My, 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 um, you know, I'll get this a lot. Like people meet me and they're like, you're larger than life, man. And that's intentional. I want to be larger than life. I'm a little five, seven Italian guy physically, but, but spiritually my being is just, it's immense, Greg. I, I feel like, and I'm just being very transparent and honest with you here. I feel like I could take up a city with my, the beingness. And I've worked on that. It's, it's, it's something that I've worked on for a long time. And I want other people to feel this feeling because it's, it's very powerful. And, you know, I just, if, if more people could feel like this, we'd be in a better place because when you get this feeling, you want to do right. You want to build, you want to, you want to develop, you don't want to destroy. And what most of the world right now is in destruction, as you've seen on the news and everything else. Tell me a little more about that feeling of the, of being, I love that idea that it's not your body. It's way more than that, right? It's your spirit. It's your mind. It's, it's your desires and your purpose and everything. How would you describe that a little more that you feel like your being is big enough to take on a city? So it, it comes down to awareness of what you're aware of and what you're focused on and what your intentions are. You see, intention, there's a formula I use. Intention is what you end up committing to. It's based on a decision. That leads to what you pay attention to. What you pay attention to is validated. Like when you pay attention, you become aware of something, it's validated. And that becomes into existence in your universe. What you don't pay attention to is invalidated. And it's not in existence in your universe. There's some people that, that, that don't even watch the news. So they don't even know what's going on in Israel right now. They don't have a clue. You could talk to them. They're like, no, I haven't seen anything. What do you mean? Or if those of you that are football fans and you know that the Eagles are undefeated, the Phillies are in the playoffs, those, those Philadelphia fans. But if you don't watch sports and I were to talk to you about that, it doesn't, it's not even in your universe. So I'll give you an example of this. I'm with a buddy in Indianapolis for Gary V's VCon. We went out to a cigar lounge and we're hanging out in the VIP area. And I'm with this kid. He came from Nigeria and he went to the UK for, for, I call him a kid. He's like, a, he's a grown man, but he's only 27, 28 years old, but he seems like he's so much older. And we're hanging out in the cigar lounge. And I see Red, Reggie Wayne that played for the Colts with Peyton Manning over there. And he's smoking a cigar. And I went over, before I went over, I said, hey, Nelson, that's, uh, that's Reggie Wayne, man. He's like, who? Reggie Wayne. Played with Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, the Colts. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Because where he grew up, football wasn't a thing. Now, if I was talking about soccer, he would know, but it's American football. He didn't have a clue. And I was blown away by this. This is my universe. I love football. I watched Peyton Manning and Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harris. I mean, so many times, like most people have that are football fans. I was blown away that he didn't have that in his universe. 
It's because he didn't have an intention to care about that. He wasn't paying attention to it and it wasn't validated. So this works for everything in our life. This is an example. What you intend to do and commit to do is what you intend. And then it leads to your attention that validates and creates existence in the universe. You can cause and create your own world. So having a being this is very big is very tied to this formula. Now, if you don't set your intentions, that beginning part of the formula, and you don't decide to do what you want to do and commit, guess what happens? And guess it, it's not you that's going to intend. It's somebody else that does the intention. Yeah. And plan you your day or somebody's going to plan it for you, right? And the same thing for your life. You plan exactly. your life or somebody's going to plan it for you. And then what do you end up paying attention to? What they intended, which mm -hmm. is usually bad for you and destructive. And then you start going down this road of destruction. And that's how people get twisted up. Yeah, I agree with that. You, what you focus on, you get more of and you see more of. And what you, and if you plan that intention hard, that's why I tell some of these things are so simple that we've been told many times before, but we just don't do it. Like plan your day the night before, like at the end of your day, take 15 minutes, review what you did that day and what went well and what didn't. And what's the most important thing that you could do tomorrow that would feed your purpose and what your goals are. And that's the very first thing you should do tomorrow. But and before anything else, and if you do that every day, day after day after day, it's going to change your life. And we all know that, but then we get tired and we forgot, or somebody told us to do something else. So when you, when you have your intention picked out by someone else, caused and created by someone else, your beingness shrinks to answer your mm -hmm. question from before. Yeah. You want to expand your beingness. You need to increase your intentionality. And the thing about this, when you're talking about um, writing things down and what have you, what we do, we don't understand that we have 100% responsibility. We have the ability to cause and create. We don't believe it, though. And what happens is we'll do something that will cause and create something. And because we don't write it down or we're not aware of it, we have very quick short-term memory and a very quick forgetter. Mm -hmm. When this thing happens, that's a good thing that we created. We forget that we did anything to create it. And then we put it out to chance or we put it out to luck or coincidence. And that leaves us out of control with a low level of responsibility in our life. So here's what you do. Number one, you got to understand the concept of causing and creating that you have control. And it is important to write down what you want every single day. In the morning, write it down. Write it down. I am this. I have this. That's and this, whatever, whatever. Now, the reason that's important, number one, it creates your attention because your intention leads your attention. The other thing is it helps you remember the fact that you're the one that caused it to happen. Yeah. And then you don't put it on a pedestal and say it was a luck thing or chance thing or, or, or coincidence. You say, no, I caused this. I created my, my world. I created the outcome. Now I can do it more. And then as you do that more, eventually your beingness grows, your productivity grows. And what happens is you end up being a better version of yourself going further with your potential. Yeah. And I also think that's great to write down what you want because it reminds you that you're the one who wants it. Not your parents, not society, not your boss, not your spouse or kids or whatever, that it's what you want. And it, it needs to be what you want because if it is what everybody else wants, it's, it's not going to work the same way, right? So you've got to really get clear on it and remind yourself because you're putting on all this effort. It better be for what you really want. Or, or what happens, resent, resentment. Yep. Resentment comes into play. For sure. How many, how many families have you seen destroyed by that? Right. A hundred percent like relationships, uh, ma marriages. 
resentment. If you start to notice resentment in your life, number one, you need to remember that you need to start taking responsibility to cause and create. And number two, whose goals are you living after, going after, right? You're talking about that. I call that a life continuum or because I learned this from, uh, from reading a lot of books, but life continuum of someone else's life, you're continuing someone else's or dead man's goals. It could be somebody that's not even dead, but you're taking on the goals of someone else because they failed at them and you just pick them up and run. And then you get resentful for what you're doing every day. You're like, why am I, why am I, why am I doing this? I don't even know why I'm doing this. And you're resentful of someone. You don't even know who. So this is, this is performance 101. And basically any life coach should be talking about these topics. Totally agree. So if somebody hasn't read your book yet, and there's, or, or that maybe they're about to pick it up. And you said, listen, if you could just get this one thing out of rocket fuel, this is what I want you to know. What would you tell them? Yeah. I mean, I think the main thing is that failure is basically an opportunity to gather, gather data and then go back and try again. And so that's what, what I've learned is everything that comes your way. I turn it into rocket fuel lesson right? Or motivation or inspiration, but it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Like when I have a business, Greg, and a customer calls us up, cussing us out for some reason, or they're not happy, which happens rarely, but when it does, especially in new companies, I have a lot of startups I started and I don't get upset and emotional. I used to, what I do is I say, thank you for this opportunity. This is a great opportunity. Guess what we can do now? We can take this information, the data and create a SOP from it. We could create new policies and procedures from this data. And that's how you build a company with that feedback. So you don't look at it as a customer complaining, a pain in the ass customer. You look at it as feedback, data. And uh, so that's the biggest thing in that book is for me, was learning that everything that came my way, I would always elevate that, that, you know, I used to think that was like a bad thing or slow me down, discouragement, setbacks. I thought they were bad things, but every time after I was doing that, I would elevate and I'm like, why am I doing this? I figured out what I was doing. And I was taking that. And that, by the way, that's what the human, human nature, what happens is, and I'm a spiritual person, Greg. So as a spiritual person, we come into this world and we, I'm going to say play games. And we come into this world to cause and create. I've used that word a lot, but that's what I believe every day. I'm causing and creating. And when I bang into this universe, I take information from it. And then I come back and do it again with that new information. And I'm better uh, situated now to build and cause and create even better. And then I go back again and I take that information and I come back again. To me, it seems like a, I'm trying to put this in a, so, so you take a Super Bowl and it's bouncing on the ground. And every time it bounces, it ga- gathers more dirt, let's call it. But the dirt's information. And every time it keeps coming back, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's just the way I look and live my life. I know that's kind of unorthodox, but that's just the way I I view things. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's no doubt that if we don't keep changing, we're going to get passed by. And the way you change for the good is you've got to have that feedback. You've got to see what works, what doesn't, or you're just going to stay stagnant. So I totally get that. And it is a hard concept, especially when you're starting out. And maybe especially if it's your very first time trying to start out, start your own business. Because when the failures come, you think that means you're a failure. 
Instead yeah. of like you said, taking it as just, oh, okay, this way didn't work the way I thought it would. I'm going to change it and go this way. And I'm going to take from that and add and, and it's going to get better next time. That takes a little work and a little skill and a little personal encouragement. And what I always tell people, man, is, you know, you never really fail until you quit, right? As long as you're just trying to take that and go to the next and the next and the next, you haven't really failed yet. You've just had some things that didn't go as well as they could have. And now you're going to use that to get even better. Uh, I love all that. I think that's absolutely true. Well, I used to get defensive with my wife would give me feedback, quote unquote feedback. We used to call it <laughs> bitching or complaining. Yeah. But now I tell her, I'm like, thank you for that. And if there's anything else you'd like to share with me, please, please communicate. I want to encourage communication. I don't get defensive anymore. Mm-hmm. I used to get defensive. Now I know I look at it a totally different way. It's that I this this is an opportunity for me to be the best version of myself for my wife. You know, and and I, you know, I don't about I don't know about quitting. I think quitting is a good thing when it's on the right thing. I think, I think personally, you don't fail. I don't even like failure to me is just like, okay, I tried something and didn't work out because I needed more information or I did something wrong and I just need to fix it. And then I go back and do it again, unless I change my mind because I lose interest in it. Yeah. See, I think that's right? different. Like I, I actually, uh, in, 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 on my blog and book, I talk about the difference between giving up and quitting because giving up is you just like, oh man, it's too hard or I don't know what I'm, oh, I just can't do it. And I give up. And quitting is like you said, oh, I've decided I'm going to do something else. Those to me are different. I don't ever want to give up if I still think that's what I wanted to do and I'm just giving up. Mm-hmm. But I don't mind quitting anytime uh, if I decide I want to do something else. Yep. Yep. We should all have the permission to change our mind and understand that we are in control of that. So for sure. I guess yeah. my, my parents always, when I was a kid, you know, I played all sports and did all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, bowling league even stuff like that and their thing was always hey as long as you go through the season no problem you cannot quit during the season but once the season's over if you never want to do that again no problem yeah that's, that's what the i difference. said to my son too yeah you know to me that's yep, the big difference thing. yep all right let me ask you about uh motivation because i can tell you're definitely a motivated dude how do you motivate yourself even when you don't feel like it I just don't feel like doing it today. How do you motivate yourself? Well, one thing I learned is that the only way to get 100% participation from yourself is to do it when you don't feel like it or when it's hard. And if I do it in those two times, I'm going to do it when I feel good. I'm going to do it when it's easy. If I do it with those times, 100% participation for myself. So I just understand that. A lot comes from, Greg, a lot comes from knowledge. People don't realize this. You know, Knowledge allows you to do better, allows you to... Uh, overcome a lot more because you understand things. And, you know, before you understand things for me, I would have to worry about motivation and how do I do things when I don't feel like it? Or how do I do things when it's hard? Now I just do it. (laughs) I don't try to complicate it. It's just simple. Just do it. I do it anyway. And because I want hundred percent participation for myself. Yeah. I I love that. That to me, you've gotten so far into it that you don't even have to think about it anymore. And that's the level where you now, you know, you're going to be committed and you've decided, you know, the word decision is Latin root and it means to cut off. So like when you decide you've cut off every other alternative. And I think the problem is for a lot of us, we're redeciding every day, right? So every day is like, I've got to decide if I'm going to work out. I got to decide if I'm going to work on that side hustle that I hope one day will be my new job. 
I've got to decide whatever X, Y, Z. Well, if you got to decide every day, some days you're going to decide not to. So you've got to decide, no, 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 this, this is me. This is what I'm doing. I've decided and there's no going back. It's burn the bridges time. I'm doing it. Hold on a second. So a decision is not something that's one day. A decision is permanent, final until a new decision's made. But I think there's a difference between like, I heard a lady say, I don't, we decided not to get married because every day I want to be able to wake up and decide if I want to leave. And I'm like, okay, that's why I wouldn't be with you because I want a woman that's committed to be with me and we're going to work out any problem we have if we start to feel like we don't want to be with each other. Otherwise, you're not the one for me, you know, and, 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 you know, you might not agree with that. Other people might not agree with that. But to me, that's what I mean by a decision. I'm not going to change that decision. Now, for a lot of other, and, and that's, you know, thank God, that's what my wife and I agree with. So I never, I never wake up in the morning wondering if I'm going to stay married to my wife. I'm staying married to my wife and we're going to work out whatever we need to, to make sure that I'm going right. to stay married to my wife. But you're right to me that I, I can make the decision that today I'm going to, you know, for the foreseeable future, I want to be X as my career. Do I, can I change that one day? Sure. But while I'm doing that career, these are the things I'm deciding I'm going to do to get better at it. And I'm not going to stop doing it because I don't feel like it. That's what I mean by cutting off the decision. You're not redeciding every day to work out. I'm going to run a marathon six months from now. I'm not going to redecide every day if I'm going to do that because it's not going to work. Right. No, decision is final until a new decision is made. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I like it. All right. Then how about um, how about when when you start to get that, I guess a lot of people call it the imposter syndrome. You know, you're you're working, you're doing well, and you start to think to yourself, who am I to do this that I think people would care what I write or what I say or what I do or whatever my business is? Or how do you handle those kind of imposter syndrome questions? So this goes back to understanding who who you are and who I am. And once you understand that, you're fine. The the imposter thing comes in from worrying about what other people think and all the layers uh, and expectations and judgments that, that, that you allow to be ridged around you. You just, once you have opened up and become free to understand and, and be cool with who you are, uh, you don't get imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is simply reactive reaction to outside influences. So tackle that tackle knowing who you are, being good with it and lean into it. And that, and once you do that, that imposter syndrome goes away. You know, that's, that's the way I handled it. I mean, um, and the other thing is, you know, people don't think about us as much as we think they do. You know, sure. they really don't. They just, you know, unless they're obsessed with you or something, you got a stalker, but I don't think any of us really have that. <laughs> no, you're right. It's, it's, we think everybody's paying attention to us and almost no one is. Uh, I mean, think about how much you're looking at everybody else when they're doing their thing. No, we're, I know for speaking for myself, I'm always thinking about myself more than anybody else. And I'm trying not to, because I'm trying to be a better person and think about other people, but I love me some me and I'm going to be thinking about me more than I'm thinking about most well, people. And that's how most people are. Most people don't think it this way. You know how hard it is when you start a business to market and get people to know about your product and service. Right. Right. Yeah. 
and you're trying to get people to watch and they won't. <laughs> yeah. So why do you think when you're not trying to market your product or service that people are going to care? <laughs> great point. And that's why it's great to make all these mistakes when you're first starting out because almost nobody's paying attention. That's true. You know, get through those mistakes, get better, get better, get better, and then really start trying to get everybody to know who you are. Man, if I was a talk show host for 21 years on the radio, and if you heard my first couple of weeks, you'd be like, this guy was on the radio? I mean, it takes a <laughs> yeah. while to get good, you know? It's the same yeah. thing with, with the comparison that we were talking about earlier. If you're just starting a new career and you get online and compare yourself to the guy that's been doing it for 25 years, he better be better than you. He's been doing it for 25 years. You're trying to compare yourself to that? Yeah, you're going to get there, but not tomorrow. You know, we all want it like that. And it takes a while to get super good at what you do. And if you're good starting out, that just means that you could be that much better once you put the reps in. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, some people, I hope you don't some suck people, at first, but you're not going to be the best. Yeah, but some people are decent when they first start out. But that doesn't mean you stop there. It means, guess what, man? Look, oh, you got a big, bright future ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, go back to your sports analogy. You know, you look at some of these. Michael Jordan was awesome when he came into the league. He didn't stop practicing. You know, he wanted to get better every year and every year. And even if it, we only saw that much difference in his performance, he saw a huge difference, I'm sure, yeah. by all the work he put in and what he saw as the new thing. He, You know, I remember when he didn't have that turnaround fadeaway jump shot when he first came into the league. Right. He knew he had to keep getting better, especially as he got older. You know, you got to find new ways to beat the same people. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I want to ask you about a couple things just just so so people might know who you are a little bit better. Give me two of your favorite movies and why they're your favorite movies. Uh, I would say Goodfellas was one. And I've just because I watched it like thousands of times. Uh, you know, that's a that's a just a gangster movie that's one of the best gangster movies ever. And I just love, I love Scorsese and how he did it. It's just, it just, uh, it just rang true to us when we were youngsters and came out at a time where I was getting into college and we thought we were badasses and, you know, mm -hmm. it's just cool, you know? And then, uh, man, there's so many good movies, man. I mean, look, you picked, we just picked two. I mean, you know, Rocky, you know, at the end of Rocky, you get fired up and the karate kid and then, you know, those kind of cult classics, not a cult classics, but you know, like they're classics from the eighties. And then, um, I don't know, man, I don't have two good, like good fellas. I just know for sure. That's one of the top <sighs> Bronx tale. I mean, I could name a whole bunch. Um, I will say, I will say this. I really do like, um, really like funny movies. And so there's movies like, Goodfellas, but then there's also funny movies that like just rock your world. And, you know, you got those ones, uh, uh, you know, like Wedding Crashers and ones that something about Mary that you just you can watch over and over, Dumb and Dumber, watch over and over again and still laugh at all the parts and you name all you know, or you uh, repeat the lines and stuff with your friends. So I, I'm not answering that question with just two, Greg. <laughs> all right. I like it. OK, now I want to jump back to purpose one more time because I was just thinking if I'm listening to this, I might say to myself, self, sure, it's easy for Mike. I mean, Mike looks like he's confident. He knows what he's doing. He's written a book. He's got a podcast. Sure, he knows what he wants to do with his life. But I have no idea. I don't know what I want to do. And I've thought about it. And I, I don't know. What would you say to that person on how do you start figuring out what you really want 
if you don't know. So when I wake up in the morning, what lights me up is what I think about. What would I have, have to put out in front of me that when I woke up in the morning, I'd be excited about the day and I wouldn't be looking towards Friday just because it's Friday in the weekend. What would I wake up to that would make me like, wow, I can't wait to get up. I got to go somewhere. You know, that's what I look for. That's what I look for. And if you say, oh, I don't know what that would be. Well, just take some time to stop saying, I don't know what that would be and think about it. You know, most people run when they have to think of something takes a little extra effort to think it actually burns calories thinking it's an actual muscle that you have to use and practice using your imagination and vision. And so that's what I tell people, you know, I hear that sometimes from people are like, I don't know what, even know, I don't even know what would light me up. Well, don't give up. That, like what you're saying right there is you're just giving up on thinking about it. Use your damn imagination. Take the time to do that and figure it out. You know, I mean, I hate to say people just end it right now, but, but if you can't figure that out and you can't take the time, I mean, what's life worth living if you're not going to do that? Really? What are you here for? I mean, yeah. I, hate, I hate to be insensitive, but like, what are you here for? And that's the question. And that, that's the question that deserves some time to think about. Like you said, if you're not willing to do that, I really don't know what to tell you because your life is going to be miserable. I mean, if every day all you're doing is, is waking up to eat something, to go to work, to sell something, to come home, to eat something, to go to bed and do it all again that you don't care about. And the biggest prayer in your week is thank God it's Friday then you're doing it wrong. That's and, not and, living. Right? So you better figure out what it is. Um, and just shameless plug for, for my stuff, you go to my website, a little pop-up, five steps to figuring out your passion or purpose. And it's, it's, a, it's a little day retreat that you go and questions, just question after question that you think through and write down answers to. And it's going to help you start figuring out the things you care about, like Mike said, the things that light you up. The things you care about, the things that you're good at, the things that you enjoy, the things that you've done, the things that you hear about and you get curious about. You, you start to just go through all these things and 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 then you spend some time actually comparing these different lists of the questions that you had and think about it and pray about it, meditate on it, whatever it is you love to do. And, and things will start to resonate inside you. If you have a heartbeat, this stuff will start to do something inside you. And you'll start to get clearer. It might not happen like that, but you're going to start to get a clearer picture of what you were made to do and why you're on this planet and what could get you excited every morning instead of just going through the motions. Because that is not the life you want to live. That's right. Yeah, That's right. It's awesome. Well, Mike, tell us, uh, is there anything else you want to let us know about? We know we got your book, Rocket Fuel. I know we can get that at Amazon. We can get it off your website. I'm going to put your website in the show notes, a uh, little link so everybody could click on it. Are there places you want people to connect with you online? What do you want? Yeah, I mean, everybody can find me on Instagram at Mikey C-R-O-C. It's Mikey C-Rock with no K on the end. And I put a lot of content out. I DM and talk to people through the DMs, and I'm very accessible through there. But also that one agency is a, is a podcast booking agency and branding company that helps people get their messages out through intentional, transformational podcasting. And we help people get on shows aligned with their brand and mission. And we've taken a lot of pride in that. I've been on over 900 shows in the last four years. And I've developed a blueprint on how to do that, how to monetize your brand, how to become a celebrity in your space. And I help people do that with our company at That One Agency. So you can go to that, the number one agency.com and check that out too. Very cool. I'm going to put all that in the show notes. 
linked up there. Click it, check it out. We appreciate your time. And Mike, thanks so much for being with me today. Appreciate you, Greg. Thanks for having me. Great job, bud.